0: okay what is going on we just had another story of an airplane's landing gear falling onto a golf course this time in maine so no one was hurt It landed on the seventh hole (laughs) on the fairway and i just want to know we're seeing more and more reports of airplane parts falling from the sky and i don't like it I'm going to go on record right now. I don't like it. Now, the plane realizing that, oh, hey, uh, we're missing some landing gear. So they turned around and they went back to the airport that they flew out of in New York. And they landed belly landing. You know, obviously they had to with, <laughs> without the landing gear. And I I just want to know. I mean, we have reports. Not long ago of the tire that went landed between the houses, right? The guy, you know, just landed. I heard some noise and, oh, it looked like one of those airplane wheels between the houses. I mean, they're lucky. And then when you look at the, you go to you Google and I just looked up airplane part falls between houses. But remember the United Airlines plane parts that fell into the front yard of that home? Uh, those are that isn't just a small single-engine Piper Cub flying over your home. That's a big jetliner falling <laughs> with stuff falling from the sky. So it's a little scary. And planes are everywhere. I mean, I live in DFW, and we have—I uh, don't know if you know this, but it's quite a large metropolitan area, the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex and there's several large airports where large planes fly in and out of. Now, I'm not familiar with parts crashing down in neighborhoods here at DFW. They have had crashes before. It's been quite some time. But if parts are going to start flying off of airplanes, perhaps we need to do some preventive maintenance on these airlines. I just a just a thought from chewing the fat you're welcome 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 to chewing the fat so i know we're supposed to be optimistic and i'm trying to be optimistic here on chewing the fat well you know a little optimistic anyway but you know every day we get beaten down with stories And it's very frustrating. Now, I know, you know, I was joking around about airplane parts falling from the sky. (laughs) I mean, we have thousands of flights flying over our head every day. And so I'm, you know, the percentage of parts falling from the sky are very small. So you're going to be probably going to be okay. You probably don't have to worry about an engine falling on your garage. I, I, I know that. But American Airlines has now said that, you know, we're going to have to probably add some stops to certain flights because there's fuel delivery delays. And so they were asking the pilots to uh, save fuel whenever possible. Let me ask you, how do pilots save fuel? I don't know. I I don't know the answer to that. I mean, if I want to save fuel, I don't drive somewhere. Right. Or I make sure that my automobile is at the. Top of its game performance-wise. I I don't know how the pilot does that. It's not up to the pilot. Right? I mean, does the pilot decide, eh, I'm just going to turn the key off for a little while. Yeah, we're sitting on the tarmac. Don't worry about it. I'm just shutting off all the engines and we're going to park here for a little bit. Yeah, we're going to try to open up some windows and oh, no, we can't. Yeah, no, the windows, windows don't open. Oh, well, don't worry about it. So the there's a jet fuel delivery problem 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 uh i don't know what that problem is but we need to get that fixed so i guess some airlines said flights are going to carry additional fuel to airports affected by shortages that'll go over well that's what we want we want the airline's weighted down with a few extra hundred gallons of fuel flying over our heads i i don't know i'm not sure what the deal is but then delta said yeah well we've seen some fuel delay issues at some of the smaller western airports but eh, hasn't really had any problems oh oh, okay southwest ah we don't have any we haven't had any disruptions because of fuel issues that could be fine you know we could turn into tankering if needed oh so that's what they're saying we're going to turn into tankering we're going to load up our planes with extra jet fuel and have them land at these smaller airports and just drop off the jet fuel there okay i mean i'm not sure how that goes over well with everyone you know wanting to fly places the numbers are going up You look at the TSA turnstile numbers as of yesterday, the 26th of July. So if you're listening live to this podcast, the show is the 27th of July 2021. 2,124,474 through the turnstiles. And in 2019, they had 2,613,346. So while they're not back to pre-pandemic levels, they're pretty close. They're pretty close, especially when more and more areas are starting to go back into mandates and lockdowns. And the numbers seem to be going up as far as uh, COVID-19. So, I mean, they're pretty close. And now you're telling me that there's a jet fuel shortage and it's going to start affecting some flights. If I can't just hop on a plane and wear a mask like you man I have to wear a mask on the plane and i have to make sure that i'm dressed right i can't wear my mini skirt and i have to make sure that i'm properly dressed and i have to make sure that i properly say hello and goodbye and thank you for doing the best job you can for us and we really appreciate you helping us as we fly on your airline and we act like good little sheep and we want to hop on your plane and fly to wherever we want to fly to And now you're telling me, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for flying Fisher Air, but uh, we're running a little low on fuel. And, you know, the airport we're going to doesn't have any extra jet fuel. So we're going to land, and then uh, we're going to kick you off, and you're going to hang out in the terminal for a while until we get another plane to land here with some extra fuel. And they're going to, you know, we're going to siphon it off of them onto our plane, and then then we'll take off. So whenever that happens, we'll let you know. But until then... We're going to land and you're going to be stuck at the terminal in Des Moines for the next few hours. Okay? Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you for flying. And don't you dare. Don't you dare complain. I don't want to hear one complaint. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck in Des Moines for the rest of your miserable life. Thank you for flying Fisher Air. All right. Good luck. God bless. You know, last week we talked to Phelan McClure about uh, his actions and what was going on with Hunter Biden. He's making the movie My Son Hunter. And you can even uh, help by donating if you go to mysonhuntermovie.com. But uh, he was, you know, he's made videos of giving Hunter a hard time at his home in Venice, although he moved out of there. And probably a a lot because of phalem uh being out in (laughs) out by his house in a bullhorn some of the videos are really funny and so anyway and he was saying that he was thinking i think he said i think he's down in malibu well it's confirmed that hunter biden did move to malibu they found him In this 3,000 square foot, four bedroom, two and a half bath home, a mile away from the ocean, it was sold reportedly in 2019 for 3.34 million. It's listed for rent at $20,000 a month. Neighbors told TMZ that the house was crawling with Secret Service agents. One neighbor said that uh, someone from the Secret Service approached him a few days back and asked if he'd be willing to rent out his house to them for a year. The uh, neighbor politely declined. Neighbors, however, have not seen Hunter. They said he has pretty much kept to himself. Now, they are saying that he moved because he was, you know, living in Venice down by Phelan. And he uh, had very little privacy. Yeah. Uh, They were, uh, people knew where he lived. Amazing. And now, you know, he just wants to make his art. So apparently, I guess he was just seen uh, earlier this week enjoying a coffee in Malibu with a friend of his sitting outside the uh, blue bottle coffee. In the center of, you know, Malibu where uh, all the uh, hoity toits go and drink coffee. So he's part of the in crowd there in Malibu now. Just he do not want to be down there. Hey, you get down there on Venice. You don't want to be down there with those people. <laughs> wow. Are you sick or something? So we've got to talk to Falo about that. See if he's going to go down to Malibu and try to, you know, find Hunter and go up to the front door and ask him some questions. But uh, you know his artwork's going to be going up for sale pretty soon, and I can't wait to find out you know how much they're going to go for. We, it's reported between fifty thousand and five hundred thousand, between twenty-five thousand and a hundred thousand, maybe even a million dollars. And they're saying they're not going to release who purchased it for transparency purposes because we wouldn't want people to know, you know. Who paid all that money to get to the president <laughs> uh, through hunter so but there's nothing that stops the buyer from advertising that they bought artwork from hunter, so unless they sign a deal, you know when they purchase the artwork that they can't say that they have hunter artwork, but that goes against how much it's worth, right? I purchase a piece of something. And I want to be able to say, hey, I own it and I bought it from this person for so much. And now that makes it worth this. It's just really weird, but I can't wait for all of that. So I have to talk to Phelan again and find out what is going on in the Hunter world. And don't forget uh, the movie, My Son Hunter, is going to be made by Phelan McLear and his wife, Anne. And it uh, is looking like they're getting ready to film later this year. And they have uh, reached a milestone in uh, donations to help get this movie made. And uh, you can help as well at uh, you know mysonhuntermovie.com. It's not this, this time. It's not a commercial. It's just me talking about Hunter Biden and making a move from down there in Ventus Venice with those low lifes, i now living up in Malibu with the real people. And as long as we're talking about criminals, I see where the dating game killer died in prison. The serial killer uh, died on death row of natural causes. That's what they said. He was 77 years of age. Remember, he appeared on the dating game. And that was the girl that uh, was supposed to go out with him and felt really strange and weird about it. I can't remember if she went out with him or if she decided not to yeah that's right she met with him after he was on the dating game he was already in the middle of his crime spree he'd already killed and raped people and he went on the dating game mr sure sure of himself and she said she met with him in person and got this really strong visceral reaction and i decided not to go on a date with him i started to feel ill he was acting really creepy (laughs) and according to the story that's right it said bachelor number two jed mills could barely stand to be next to him he was creepy definitely creepy i couldn't stand to be near him wow so i mean that's his you know the dating game killer a little bit of his story it is presumed That he is responsible for a hundred and thirty murders, which would make him the most prolific serial killer in America. But I thought uh, Samuel Little, who just died, was the most prolific serial killer in history. I mean, he's I mean, Samuel Little is they've got him for. I mean, I don't know how many for sure. I think he's strangled. He says he killed 93 or more. And uh, they've got him for at least 50, I think, if I remember right. Anyway, uh, so I don't know. The dating game killer or Samuel Little? Who is the most prolific serial killer in America? The battle of the serial killers. Might be a segment for chewing the fat. Uh, you know, at another time. <laughs> Let's Go to the break room i need something cold to drink desperately and hopefully it's as refreshing as it used to be oh man it's not bad it's not bad you thought i was still gonna say that's good didn't you but it doesn't it's not as refreshing i don't know i am a little disappointed in the coca-cola zero sugar this is the new can zero sugar now more delicious Eh, just because it says so on the can that doesn't necessarily make it so one more i mean it's good because it's cold and i love cold beverages but it's not as it doesn't have that refreshing ah so it may be time to move on i know i know okay so there was a mom in wichita falls wichita falls texas that bought a portable basketball goal we've all had them in our driveways and in our yard you know you fill the bottom with sand or water or you put a brick on it and you have a backboard and a hoop and that's where you play basketball and the neighborhood kids come to your driveway or to your curb and you play basketball. Well some of the fun times we had uh, i lived in a cul-de-sac and the neighbor had a, a portable basketball hoop that was out on the one side everybody in the neighborhood shot hoops there that was part of the deal it was fun and that's what she got it for and she rolled it out to the curb in front of her home and the kids would all play in the street and you know If you live in the neighborhood, you drive by, you slow down if they're playing basketball and the kids let you drive by and they get back to their game. That's the way it goes. It's part of being in the neighborhood. Well, she got a letter from the city saying, uh, you are in violation of unlawful placement of a basketball goal in a public right of way between the sidewalk and the curb or on a public street. Now, she doesn't have any sidewalks, and the picture of her there is, you know, the house and the yard, and the yard goes right up to the curb, and that's where the basketball hoop is, off to the side of the driveway, it's right there in front of the house, so the kids would play, you know, out there in the road. And that's just, I mean, that's where you play, that's what happens, you shoot hoops out there, and that's what happens. So, by the way, uh, I realize that she doesn't have any sidewalks, okay, the yard goes from, you know, the house to the curb now i realize that that property is still part of the king's land as far as you know the old school thinking Uh, you know the city owns it i got it there you are responsible to take care of it but that's still our property from the center of the road to i don't know how many feet from the center of the road so i mean it goes back into what you think is your yard yeah it's not really your yard but you know i digress so she got two tickets in the mail four hundred and forty dollars each for the encroachment of easement and she calls the city and they said oh yeah um yeah you're just gonna have you got to move that and she was like i'm not moving the goal it's where the kids in the neighborhood come to play They shoot hoops there. I want to know where my kids and the kids in the neighborhood are. And we can all get along. And even probably some of the adults come out and shoot. Some of the dads come out. And you may even have a game once in a while with the dads and the sons. It's fun. That's part of the deal. It doesn't hurt a thing. So I guess someone in the neighborhood didn't like it so you know that's what happens i can't take those kids down there the pounding of that basketball on the street at all hours of the day i'm trying to take a nap okay so now she's got tickets and fines and she went before the judge and she said i told the judge as long as it is fully portable goal it can be moved and is not an obstruction in any way should there be You know, should not be an issue. We need to fight for our kids. They depend on us. Uh, Yeah. So she presented herself. She went in front of city council, and they said, uh, yeah, okay, go ahead. You're going to keep it up. No problem. Well, yeah, and good for you for fighting back instead of just taking it. I, I would have as well. That is agonizing that someone were to complain about that. So good for this mom in Wichita Falls malik young no her name is carrie hill who's malik young anyway oh he's one of the kids in the picture (laughs) he's one of the kids they got a picture of all the kids there it's not malik young carrie hill is the mom who fought for the basketball goal and won against the stupid wichita falls and it really isn't stupid wichita falls right they have a thing where you can't you know they obviously that's why she got the ticket because of You know, an unlawful placement of a basketball goal in a public right of way between the sidewalk and the curb or on a public street. You can keep that in your driveway way back up there if you want. But, well, we don't want you out here by the curb where the kids can play in the street It's dangerous out there. Is it? Is it? When you look at the street, it's a you know, it's quite a long street. So cars are coming down the street. They see what's happening in the neighborhood. Uh, and I'm guessing, and I don't know, but I'm guessing that the people driving down the street live in the neighborhood so they know, hey, there's the hill house, they've got the basketball hoop, oh my gosh, there it is, I can see it, and in fact, somebody needs to buy her a new one. I want her to buy a new one because they need a bigger backboard it's one of the it's one of the cheaper models with the smaller backboard so and she needs a new net on this thing too she needs a i mean it's still out there. the kids are having fun with it, but a little upgrade carrie what are you doing all right so at the time of this recording of chewing the fat we are looking at the olympic medal count japan has the most gold medals with 10 the home country the united states and china both have nine gold medals as we speak so those are the top three right there: Japan, United States, and China. Now the most medals total: the USA has twenty-five, uh, China has twenty-one, Japan has eighteen. I know, I know. So uh, and then you 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 go down. I see where Italy actually has twelve total medals. Well, they got a lot of uh, silver and bronze. One gold. <laughs> Whatever. Good luck, Italy. But then I see so there's your medal count, quick quick medal count there. The top ten. You're looking at uh, you know, Germany ten, France ninth, Canada eighth, Australia seventh, South Korea sixth, Great Britain fifth, Russia fourth, then China, United States, and Japan. And those are the gold medal rankings. And so, you know, that's where we're at the limits and i see where simone biles simone biles probably one of the greatest gymnasts of all time from the united states she said that she had a medical issue and she lost the gold for her team i mean that's a i don't know what kind of non-medical issue she had because the usa gymnastics cited it as a medical issue but she said that it was not physical she said she just needed to take a back seat and work on her mindfulness um no problem uh, simone maybe you ought to do that another time you know when the olympics aren't on how about that how about that simone i mean you're in the middle of the olympics for a week and you need to you need a mental break come on now Stop it! That is agonizing. I get it. I get it. She's struggling. Okay, we had a you know the past and everything that's going on, whatever. But really, that's where I'm at. Whatever. I get it. You know, you've already but you've already been there. You're already there. You're already past it. And now you're telling me you're at the Olympics and you need a time for mindfulness? No. Simone no and she's supposed to compete in uh another event on Thursday and she said we're gonna see about Thursday we're gonna take it one day at a time Uh, I know tomorrow we have a little bit of a break so that'll be nice to have a mental rest day and uh just my pride is hurt a little bit it should be that's ridiculous in fact the coach should just say go home I mean we don't need you get out of here If you're gonna be that way, if you're gonna take us to the Olympics and then have to take a mental break in the middle of the Olympics, no. Simone, no, just go home. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters, May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news, It looks as though it's going to be reported if or it's being reported right now that the cdc will announce that fully vaccinated americans should return to wearing masks in indoor public settings due to the spread of the delta variant so there you have it that is what's coming and they are going to tell you that all kids need to wear a mask regardless of vaccinations at schools and no matter whether you're vaccinated or not you should wear a mask so uh you absolutely we are into panic porn and it's getting to me too i still have not been vaccinated and i'm closer than ever to get vaccinated Uh, I'm still, you know, I still follow the social distance rules. And, uh, you know, I mean, I I don't, I try not to go into crowded areas, but sometimes it can't be avoided. But I hate wearing the mask. And it just just hasn't, it's just agonizing to me. It really is. But that's where we're at. And I don't, you know, is the mask going to, you know, are people going to complain about it? Yes. Are they going to? Take to the streets? Doubtful. Doubtful. I mean, we talked yesterday how they're protesting in Europe over mandates and lockdowns. Are we going to protest this time? I, I don't know. Maybe we just don't do it, right? I mean, I think if they start locking down places and saying, you know, you can't do this and you can't do that, maybe we take to the streets again because enough is enough. You've, I mean, America is just now, the world is just now trying to come back from this lockdown and treating people like they can't be with other people and it's looking everybody's on the same page everyone all the leaders are telling you get vaccinated and we're gonna lock down and we need these mandates i mean we had the governor of alabama this morning i'm doing pat unleashed every day tell us we played the clip of the governor of alabama saying we need to shame the on un, the unvaccinated. It's their fault. We need to blame them. It's their fault that people are getting the COVID nineteen. Vi- really, really. I mean, we heard from a guy that called us from the great state of Montana today during Fight Unleashed that said he's a breakthrough case. Now his family is sick with him, and they did not get vaccinated. So did they give it to him? it's their fault he should blame his wife and children it's, ha, i shoulda reminded him of that when he was on the phone it's their fault ha, they made him sick i mean that's where we're at so if uh, you know everyone is vaccinated then nobody can get sick oh okay is that the way it works because i don't think it is uh, it's just me but i don't think it is So as of right now, it looks like more than 188.7 million have received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. 163.2 million are fully vaccinated. And according to this, the COVID-19 vaccines are safe, effective at preventing COVID-19, especially severe illness and death. Okay. Now they're not guaranteeing that you can you can't get COVID nineteen, although they said originally that uh, it would you would it would make you less sick, all right, if you got COVID nineteen after you got vaccinated. But well we obviously know that you can still it's not stopping the variants. And we also know that some of those breakthrough cases, if you were in one of the high risk age groups, which all those people in New Jersey were, uh, that if you got the variant, you have a nice day. We love you, but you're gone. So I'm I'm questioning, you know, I don't want to get it. And if I do get it, is it gonna be terrible enough to you know make me kick the bucket? Do I get the vaccine? And then do I get less sick? with the vaccine or does the vaccine make me say i don't know i don't know you can email me at chewing the fat at chewing the fat at you can always you can always email me and let me know your feelings on that um, you can follow me on twitter at jeffy jfr facebook and instagram is jeff fisher radio i'm happy to hear your information i might not like it but i'm happy to hear from you Anytime, anywhere, even on my YouTube channel, chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher on YouTube. There's a place there for comments as well, and I see him. Oh, believe me, <laughs> I see him. Now, are the door-to-door people going to convince me to get the vaccine? Probably not, because I don't want them coming to my front door. Hello. Yes. Um. This is um. Anne and Mary and we're here to talk to you about covid 19 vaccines no thanks we're busy take care sorry thanks for stopping i know but i am a community health advocate and mary here that's your name mary right yeah we uh she's a public health information specialist so we can answer any of your questions that you might have so can we come in or can you open the door and and uh talk to us no i can't my power bill is through the roof I'm not going to open my front door and let the cold air out or let the hot air in, whatever happens, you know, however that works, that costs me more money on my air conditioning. I can't do that. So no, I'm not going to open my door. Thanks for coming. You can leave a card out there. I'll get it when I go to get the mail later, maybe when I pick up my Amazon package. But that's it. Uh, Thanks for coming, Ann and Mary, even though you're, uh, you know, I mean... I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, I got to thinking about the guy. I don't know. Maybe we talked about it. I don't I don't I don't remember. But I got to thinking about the story I told you about the guy I listened to who didn't get the vaccine, got really sick. And he was, you know, concerned for a day and a half to two days that he really was going to die. He was so sick. And he talked about getting uh, diagnosed and being uh, told he was positive. Right. He had COVID-19 and the doc. He said the doc didn't have any medicine. he just told me to go home and that I had to ride it out. Wait what I mean isn't there? He said I mean there's there are some treatments there's hydroxychloroquine, there's ivermectin. I mean, are we just to believe that now nope, you're not getting any of that. Have a nice day. you go home, take a little tylenol. Good luck, God bless. don't take any don't take any advil, any ibuprofen. Just take some Tylenol, try to keep that fever down, and uh, cough your ribs off, and uh, good luck. God bless. Is that where where we're at? We're to believe that that's where we're at? Because it sure sounded like it. That's what that guy said. That The doc just said, yeah, I got nothing for you. Go home. Good luck. Um, That doesn't sound like a good doctor. That's just me. We I saw a report the other day where they show the doctor she's telling everyone the unvaccinated that come in sick and she's telling them all. Yep, it's too late. It's too late. You're just tough. Um, that doesn't sound like a good doctor to me. That sounds like maybe you're going against what you said you were supposed to do. Isn't that the hippo oath that they take? Yeah, I think that's what it's called, too. I think it's called The Doctor's Hippocratic Oath. Pretty sure that's what it's called. So, Robert Aaron Long, the Georgia man, accused of fatally shooting eight people at three Atlanta-area spas in March— Just pleaded guilty, pled guilty, to four of the killings in the Cherokee County courtroom. He pled guilty to the four counts of murder, and uh, he was recommended that he get a life sentence. He was in handcuffs and shackles. He responded, yes, ma'am. He faces an additional 19 charges in nearby Fulton County where prosecutors will be pursuing the death penalty for hate crimes targeting the sex and race of the victims. Remember in the spree killings on March 16th, Long opened fire at a spa about 30 miles outside of Atlanta in Cherokee County, and then two neighboring spas in Northeast Atlanta. Those are the 19 uh, charges still pending. He was arrested several hours later, about 150 miles south of of Atlanta, Six of the eight victims were Asian women, and the shooting emphasized the wider rise in racism and violence against Asian Americans over the past year. He said it didn't have anything to do with that. He said that uh, they weren't racially motivated and that uh, he had a sex addiction, addiction, and that he saw the spas as a temptation that he wanted to eliminate. So... I mean, is it a hate crime? Is it, I mean, the argument of any crime is, you know, a crime of hate. But this, to get this to be a particular hate crime, I don't know. That's tough to prove. When he said in his own words, it wasn't. So, okay. I mean, I'm very sorry for all these victims. Very sorry. But I don't know that you get a hate crime out of this. Specifically, when he said, after his arrest, it wasn't it was a sex addiction. It didn't have anything to do with the race uh so anyway, that's where I'm leaving it, so I know this story keeps making the rounds the last few days, and I've had it in my pile in the fat pile, and I'm not sure what to make of it. The guy." Uh, Reza Baluchi and his floating contraption, you know, the hamster wheel, uh, that washed ashore on the Florida coast in Flagler County. His goal was to run from Florida to Bermuda. He's in, you know, he's in this hamster wheel and he was running it for charity money for homeless people. And he wanted to raise money for the coast guard and raise money for the police department, raise money for the fire department. They're in public service, they do it for safety, they help other people, we love it. And he wanted to, you know, he's tried this, I don't know, a couple of times before. He was rescued from the floating bubble near St. Augustine, Florida in 2014 and 2016. He was rescued off the uh, Jupiter, Florida in a hydropod. So this time I think he thought he got it right. And the answer to that is no. He didn't, uh, he, I guess he has everything he needs to survive for days and weeks in his hamster wheel. he has got food, got water. He has everything to keep him safe. And he's trying to make it happen. And he wants to show people that they can, that they can do anything they want to do. Don't listen to anyone chase your dreams unless you want to ride a hamster wheel from Florida to New York because you can't do that. You can try. You can certainly try, but every time you do try, you're going to wash up on shore in Florida. So that's the same state you started in and you're not going to make it past that. At least you haven't, but he keeps trying and I know that he's trying to raise money for all people, the homeless people, Coast Guard, Police Department, Fire Department, all people that are in public service. Well, I mean the homeless people aren't in public service. But, you know, the other, the Coast Guard, the Police Department, the Fire Department, they do it for safety and they help other people. So we want to thank them by raising money for them. And I'm going to do it by walking on water in a bubble that's a hamster wheel. And I'm going to try to go from Florida to New York. I'm not going to be able to ever in the last seven years, but I'm going to keep on trying. I'm going to keep on trying. It does seem to be a futile effort, but. And the guy's still going, so good for him, right? No, good for him. So are you ready to have your brain read? I am not, but. I mean, I can joke around about it and say, well, you know, yes, I am. Well, scientists are using brain implants to read patients' minds. Oh, okay. Now we know that Elon Musk predicted his Neuralink brain implant would eventually allow people to bypass human language with a handful of AI-powered chips, you know, put into your brain. Now, the Neuralink users, you know, according to Elon, could converse with their thoughts alone, and he, he talked to, and in one interview, he talked about how uh, language could possibly be gone because uh, people would be able to communicate very quickly with far more precision. Now, he talks now of just solving brain injuries, and remember, that's what he did Uh, when he had the monkey have the brain implant and then played pong and ended up playing brain pong, right? Or mind pong or whatever they wanted to call it. But they, you know, it showed that his implant was working well. Um, a team at the university of California, San Francisco, these neuroscientists, Surgically implanted a subdural electrode array on the surface of a stroke victims brain for 81 weeks They fed his sensor motor cortex signals into an artificial intelligence system. I love the fact that we know the sensor motor cortex signals into the system and using the algorithms predictive power as a sort of auto complete feature The team was able to translate the subjects attempts at speech into text with, according to them, extraordinary accuracy. Now they claim that right now they're limited to a 50 word vocabulary. The silent patient is able to string together full sentences, which are displayed on screen in real time. A few examples here is my computer my family is very comfortable they have faith faith is good we'll see Uh, the experiment was supported by project steno which is a long-term program funded and supported by facebook one of the project's broader goals was to create non-invasive helmet that would translate the average user's thoughts into digital information oh that's good but When we go back to helmets, that's what I said all along needs to happen. And Facebook, of course, is working on it. I mean, we need to, instead of the phone in our hand, instead of the watch on our wrist, instead of the laptop in front of us, and and we just need to wear a helmet, like the space helmets, and the screen on the face, the screen on the helmet is your computer screen. And you can see, you can see though if that's your screen that's your life screen you can go live uh, looking outside through the screen and then along the sides you have all the information you need and you can choose which you want to bring up and bring full screen or minimize it or you can you know if you can't lift the screen up of the technology now the the beginning technology if you just want you know that old that old technology when you had the helmet with just the the glass on the front (laughs) you know the visor glass that you couldn't even pick up and and breathe fresh air yeah that oh yeah yeah we don't make those anymore but that would be if we are looking at the future of the aliens that uh, you know some of the aliens that are being drawn that we're seeing from the future that you know that has one eye that's kind of what you're looking at right if, if we were to land somewhere with our space helmets on that's what we would look like Just something with this one giant eye but inside that eye would be our information we would be connected to everything and you're able to speak you have a microphone you're able to talk to whoever you're connected with and you have information real-time screen in front of you that's what we need to do and that's what they're working on they want to create a non-invasive helmet yeah that but now they are also working on it being able to translate your thoughts into digital information oh but What Facebook is probably hoping for is that if they can get you to put this non-invasive helmet on and they're able to translate your thoughts into digital information, then they'll be able to have the digital information reversed back to your thoughts. They'll they'll know exactly what you're thinking when you're thinking it. Huh? (laughs) Huh? (laughs) i know i mean the, the doctors are talking about they've learned so much about how speech is processed in the brain but it's only in the last five years that advances in machine learning have allowed us to get to this key milestone and facebook's machine learning advice and funding really accelerated our progress and that's special thank you mark thank you mark for doing that now Chang's results were published in the new england journal of medicine and the scientists and engineers over at Neuralink are, you know, I'm sure they're probably like, uh, hey, uh, thanks for the information. Uh, we'll be using it over here too, okay? Well, don't worry about it. I know, I mean, Elon's trying to, you know, make it happen with Neuralink as well, and he, and he may, and he may very well do that. But when they talk about his deal and so the original test was invasive right They're getting into your brain with the chips and hooking it up and with the neuro link whereas the facebook deal where they're trying to you know do the non-invasive helmet um that's a ways off but it's coming and it is coming fast and you can quote me on that <laughs> it's coming and it's coming fast. <laughs>